Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right. You know, it's one thing, you know, to get to preach for Pastor Ron uh, whenever he's out of town. But, man, when he asks you to preach whenever he's in town, man, woo! So, hey, I appreciate it. Um, so all those who are here tonight, um, I appreciate you being here. And um, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 tonight. And um, uh, where we're going to be reading uh, the Apostle Paul. He is writing a letter to his son, Timothy, his, his, his son in the faith. And uh, this is around A.D. 63. And uh, Timothy... Uh, he was left in Ephesus to pastor a church that had just been started in the past by Paul during his missionary journey. And so he leaves Timothy there, and he's writing this message to him and to encourage him uh, as a pastor and then also as a son in the faith and as a believer, helping him to give him some encouragement, help him while he's doing something that's a little hard. And um, this, this is actually one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's one of them uh, in the New Testament. It's a part of what we call the uh, pastoral epistles, uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, because it's written to, um, to Timothy and Titus, who were pastors. But, um, but although this is a pastoral epistle, it's, it's the words that are written to Timothy apply for us as well, not just for those who are pastors. In fact, I think you and I are not too much different than Timothy, uh, just like he was left in Ephesus to oversee and to do what, what God needed him to do. Us too, God has left us here on earth to accomplish his will and to reach people, and to reach people for Christ, just like he was doing as well. And so uh, the words that we find in here uh, are, are meant to encourage us for, are meant to encourage us today. But in the first three chapters, Paul, he lays out, uh, he lays out a few things. Uh, he, uh, you know, lays out a, a, a warning to some false teachers. He uh, lays out to encourage what a church administration should look like and qualifications of pastoral leaders and deacons and, and a lot of other great stuff. But then we get to chapter four, which is where we're going to be at today. And he is uh, encouraging Timothy and identifying that, that, that there was a number of issues that were in the church, and he's identifying one of them. And um, he is encouraging him to, uh, to avoid some of the people in the church at that time who were being, or, or, or to encourage them, who were being swayed into believing a, a truth that was unable to save them. It was, it was taking or it was replacing the truth of the gospel. And so he's encouraging them. And uh, we get to verse 6, and uh, we're going to read verses 6, 7, and 8, and then we're going to get to the title of our message tonight. Uh, so beginning in verse 6, he says this, if you put these things before the brothers, talking about the truth, if you give this truth to the brothers, if you tell them the truth with what I've left you, he says, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained and uh, or the word nourished is also found in the ESV. 
to be trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Verse 7, have nothing to do with irrelevant silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. Verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So the title of tonight's message is Growing in Godliness. Growing in Godliness. Man, I'll tell you what. I want to be, I've always said this, I want to be more godly than I was yesterday, than I was a year ago. I want to continue to grow in my faith. Uh, But I want to point something out here before we really get into the message here. Uh, Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says to train yourself in godliness. Now, something interesting to note is that Timothy walked with Paul. Timothy preached the gospel with Paul. He traveled around the world with Paul by foot and by sea. He endured hardship with Paul. Timothy went through a lot of things. And if there is anybody who was godly, it was Timothy. But I I note here And what I see is that even with that being the case, Paul reminds Timothy, who was a pastor, to train himself in godliness, to chase after godliness, to pursue godliness. And I don't think that he ever forgot it, but it was an encouragement, a reminder. And to me, that tells us a lot. It tells me a lot. It tells me that no matter what age or stage of life that I get to, no matter what age or stage of life that we are ever in, that we can all grow more in godliness. Amen? Amen. So with that said, let's look deeper into what Paul was was encouraging Timothy to pursue. So we talk about godliness. He says to pursue godliness. Well, what is godliness? Godliness, you know, um, I... I kind of came up with my own definition after kind of just looking at it. I kind of pieced together. What I put here is that godliness is a lifestyle that reflects the character of God. And godliness is more than a trait. It's more than uh, an event. It's more than a routine. But it is a lifestyle. And I know that um, I'm speaking to here. I'm, I'm speaking to pe- I'm speaking to people here today that many of you have been living for Jesus, you know, um, you know, longer than I've been alive, or as long as I've been alive. And um, but what I see here is that every one of us have the opportunity to grow closer and to grow more in our godliness, and it's an inward lifestyle that affects our outward life. An inward reality, something that God is doing inside that impacts our outward. It's the transformation of our character that becomes consistent with God's character. Godliness, it's working on the inside and shaping us. And godliness is something that has to be lived out. Godliness is also something that has to be pursued. It is a decision that we intentionally make to become more like Jesus. Godliness is an active and authentic pursuit of the character of God. It's, it's, it's one that comes out of a desire to want more of him. Now, 
to get a better handle of this, of, 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 of this you know, I, I wanted to look at 2 Timothy because Paul talks about godliness, but in the opposite way in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to take a look at it real fast. So uh, Paul obviously encourages Timothy to pursue godliness, yet he also encouraged him to avoid what he, what, uh, um, um, false godliness. He tells him in chapter 3 that there will be people who will love themselves more than they love God. And he says that they will, in verse 5, have an appearance of godliness but denying its power and to avoid such people. Now, this form of godliness is an appearance of godliness or an, or an outward shell of godly character. It's, it's, it's religion. It's the thing that, that, that I've always been encouraged, that we've always been encouraged to stay away from, that, that it's, 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 it's the mundane, the routine things. And, but he says that it is uh, that a form of godliness that denies its power. The power he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. You know, to, I was looking up the word deny, and some of the synonyms for deny are decline or to reject or refuse the Holy Spirit's access to our life. That the people that he was talking about had a form of godliness, that they were, they, they were preaching something and teaching something that was good, that was great, that was, you know, that, that, that seemed okay, but it had no, no benefit to their spiritual growth because it lacked power in their personal life. True godliness is seen in our character, in our words, actions, in our attitudes. That is the work of the Holy Spirit transforming our speech, our decisions, and our attitudes to be consistent with the character of God. You know, this, this idea that, that, that the picture that I get is, 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 is understanding that if that to have true godliness, I have to allow the Holy Spirit into the areas of my life that I may have, have, that I may be keeping him at bay. Maybe the areas of my life that I've been a little prideful in. Maybe the areas of my life that, that, that I'm being a little stubborn in. The areas of my life that I need to watch out and say, God, listen, I need, I, I need you to check me in this area, and I need the Holy Spirit to come in to perform transformative surgery to transform me. Only God, only the Holy Spirit can bring transformation. And that happens when we, when we allow him in. That is true godliness. It's opening up to allow the power of God into our life. And what, I, what, I, what I'm reminded is that Paul is saying this to Timothy. He, this, this, I mean, he's godly. But I see it as a reminder, as a reminder because I believe that anybody, I, can fall into a trap of a form of godliness. And I want to avoid that trap. I want to avoid any trap that is just a picture where I appear to have, to, uh, uh, to have peace in my life and I appear to have joy in my life. I appear, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not actually working that in my life. I have, to, I have to allow him to have access in that part of my life to say, God, I need your help. And that's when we see true work in our life. 
So Paul was encouraging Timothy and encouraging us not to settle for a false imitation of godliness, but rather to pursue true godliness that has substance. It's not empty, but it has substance. It has power, which only comes through the Holy Spirit. We all must pursue a transformational relationship with the Holy Spirit. Having a transformational relationship with the Holy Spirit, where I am truly recognizing. Now listen, even in times when I think that I'm good and everything is great, Melinda, my wife, man, she lets me know of the areas that, I'm, <laughs> that I need Jesus in. <laughs> you know, he, she knows, she knows where I, where, where I need Jesus in. And, 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 and it's my part, it's my decision, it's, it's my responsibility to pursue godliness in that way, that it, in that area of my life. I'm not going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. But it is an opportunity for us to yield it to him and say, God, okay, you know I need help, Lord. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Amen. We must allow him access in order for him to transform us from the inside out. And we have to go through the transformation process. We have to. We have to go through that process for however long it takes, for however hard it is. We have to go through that process in order for true godliness to grow in our life. Amen? So, we see godliness, we see the opposite of godliness, and then in verse 8, he, he tells us why it's worth why it's worth pursuing godliness. Why, he says, to train for godliness. Obviously, training, every one of us knows training in some level, form, or fashion, whether it's in our career path, whether it's, 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 it's in our exercise routine, whatever it may, we, we may be, we know that it's rigorous, it's hard. To train ourselves in godliness requires sacrifice, but, but, but clearly it's worth it, and Paul explains it. And it's because of the value that godliness provides. And I found this really interesting. Verse 8, he says, while bodily training is of some value. Now, I don't think he's saying it to belittle that. I think he really is saying that there is value to having discipline in our life. That there is value in, in disciplining ourselves, uh, whether it be in our education, pursuing an education. There is value in pursuing education. There's value in pursuing our career path to being the best that we can be. There is value in our financial development. In fact, Pastor Ron preached a great message on this with, Apostle Paul, uh, with the Apostle Paul. You can look back. Um, uh, uh, I'm on YouTube, excuse me, to check that out. But a great word on that uh, that reminds us that, that God uses our gifts. He uses our career. He uses our schooling. He uses those things for his purpose. All those things have value. And, we, and, and I believe that he is saying that we should pursue that. But he says that while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. Specifically, it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Godliness impacts this present life. It impacts our relationship with God. 
Our relationship with God is, is strong when we're pursuing godliness, when we allow the Holy Spirit growing in our life. We, 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 we can walk a victorious Christian life. It impacts our relationships with others. It impacts our marriage. It impacts our family. Uh, you, know, it, you know, it impacts um, our workplace. It impacts every area of our life. But it also impacts the eternal reward in the next life. He put this in there for a reason. And I was just looking at it, spent some time thinking about it. And, you know, without a doubt, this is the greater benefit of godliness, is that it impacts the rest of our real life. You know, it's crazy to think that for the amount of time that we're living on this earth, it pales into comparison the life that we're going to have in eternity for how long we're going to live. And I'm thankful for the vision of our church that is reaching the world with the gospel, that is feeding the hungry, that is providing clean water, that is, that, that is helping children uh, you know, in orphanages, and we're doing all types of things with the opportunity of presenting the gospel. Listen, this is, this is for eternal rewards. That is, that, is, that, that is as godly as we can be in pursuing God and doing that. I'm so thankful that we have that in place. But our real life begins in eternity. In fact, our life on earth as believers is preparation for the life to come, both for us and for those who do not know Christ. We are preparing for eternity for us and for those who don't know Jesus yet. Whenever they come to Christ, man, they, are, man they, are, they have a new eternity. They have a new reality. Thank God. Thank God we get to be a part of that. Godliness reminds us that true, uh, that true value lies in the life to come. He said godliness is benefit both for this life, life but also for the life to come. I was reading a little bit of Charles Spurgeon. I don't read a lot of him just because he, speaks in, he writes in Old English, and it's kind of hard. But um, I read this, and I thought it was really interesting. It was really good. Um, Godliness has a monopoly of heavenly promise as to a blessed future. A monopoly of a heavenly promise of a blessed future, and that there is nothing else beneath high heaven to which any such promise has ever been given by God, or which any such promise can be supposed. He's saying that godliness is full of a promise, of a heavenly promise of our future. Godliness opens up that door that when we step into it, as we pursue it, it's full of promise, not just for this life, but for the life to come. Our eternal reward and our future existence should motivate us and continue to encourage us to pursue godliness. And for a second, I just want to thank all of those, well, those who are watching, those who are here in this room, who have held a standard of godliness in your life. And you have set that tone for, for us and for generations to come to follow. You have set that standard of godliness and what that should be, just as Paul did for Timothy and Timothy did for those for him, thank you for setting that tone. Thank you for holding that standard. Amen? It makes a difference. Thank you. And with that said, 
Paul getting back to the pursuit of godliness. He encourages him to pursue it. So how do we grow more in godliness? How can I grow more in godliness? 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6 says, If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith. Nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. Titus chapter 1 verse 1 says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Nourishing, our, nourishing ourselves in the word of God and the knowledge of the truth is what leads to godliness. So number one, how we can grow in godliness, how we can continue to grow in godliness, how we can grow more, number one, is nourishing ourselves in the word of God. Nourishing ourselves. Uh, the word nourish, you know, I, I, I tried to go the gardening route, but, you know, uh, you know uh, Miss Sue Viator, uh, I, I, um, she gave me some cucumbers on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, and they were really, really good, and got me thinking about, you know, uh, you know, gardening. And there's this picture in the Bible of, 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 of cultivating, our, you, know, you, know, you know, agriculture and gardening and things like that. And this word nourish means to supply what is necessary for growth. And I find it's so interesting that a seed has everything it needs to grow. It's, it's, it literally, within the seed, is everything it needs to become what it was intended to be what it was intended to do. And the same for the Word of God. The Word of God is that seed, and it has everything it needs to produce that peace, to produce that love, to produce that endurance, to produce that patience, to produce whatever it is, to produce godliness in our life. It has everything it needs. And when it, when it drops into that soil and it drops into our hearts, it's an opportunity for that Word of God to be cultivated and worked and to be washed over and to be, and to be watered for it to grow eventually into a crop in our life. And we nourish it by continuing to read and to murmur and to speak it over our life. The Word of God is full of seed and ready to be planted and cultivated. Let us be reminded to make it a lifestyle to continue to nourish ourselves with the Word of God. Because at the end of the day, nothing takes the place of the Word of God. Amen? Nothing takes the place. Nothing can fill the void. Nothing can, can bring true transformation or true growth other than the Word of God. Amen? Number two is to allow the Holy Spirit access into our life. We must allow him to have access. And a part of this, you know, um, I think that, you know, you know I, I don't know about for you, but for me, many times it's, it's easy for me to be, to be blind to some of the areas of my life that, 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 that I've needed transformation in. But whenever it's pointed out, we all have an opportunity to assess it and realize that, Holy Spirit, I need you to come into my life. I need you to help me with this. That even though we have the seed of the Word of God in our life, we need the Holy Spirit to help us to work that, to help, to, to help, to help actually begin to pull those weeds out, to, to, to pull the things in our life that, that, 
that, that need to be pulled out in order for that seed to continue to grow deeper, to produce the things in our life that we need. Only the Holy Spirit can produce fruit. Only He. He's the only one who can produce the fruit in our life. And again, this happens in, in, in prayer, in surrender. Surrender is one of the, the most uh, wonderful, beautiful, and hardest things in our walk with Christ. Surrendering the areas of our life and entrusting them to God and, and knowing that he is going to make something better out of it. He's got it. And thirdly, we must work with God to apply his word in context. God has a part, and we have a part. And whenever we work our part, and we apply the word of God, and we do our best, and we get up, and we, and we work that area, and I, it, 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 then, then we slowly begin to see change. And, and over time, and over the years, God begins to transform us from the inside out. We follow through on our part. So again, um, I appreciate everybody, all of those who, I, who have held that standard. I know I said it, but I, but I really mean it. it you, know, you, you, you know, it's coming from my heart. And knowing that every one of us, we all have the responsibility. That's the, the, that is one thing that Paul was leaving with Timothy he says to teach these things to faithful men, to leave these things with others, that while we live our life for Christ, somebody else is following us. Somebody else is looking up to us. There is somebody that we can invest into. There is somebody that we can teach these things to. There is somebody that we can remind to be in the word, you know, uh, to remind to, you know, the things that we are doing, that we can remind them and encourage them to do the same things. Everybody, we all have a part to play, not just in our life, but the people who are following us. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that every day, God, is an opportunity, God, for us to draw closer to you, God. And I just pray, Father... God, that you would grow, Father, God, a, a crop, God, of godliness in our life, God. And I pray, God, for any person that's here today, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that, that today, Father, God, that if there's somebody hearing today and they, they don't know you, God, I pray that today, Lord God, that, God, that you would give them an opportunity, God, to be born again. And, and as I'm praying here, you may be watching online today, and you may say, listen, you know, I want this godliness in my life. I don't know that I'm saved. I want to be saved. I want to encourage that you can be saved. All you have to do is place your faith in Jesus and trust him for your future. Father, I pray, God, for every person, Lord, online and here on campus, God, that you would do that very thing. God, save their soul, Lord. And God, I pray for us, Lord, that you would, God, would help us to take the steps of godliness. Father, you would help us, Lord, God, to, God, to take the next step and allow the Holy Spirit access into our life to work, Father God, in our family, God, to work in our relationships, God, and to work out, Father God, to help us to draw closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, 
God bless.